0: Welcome to the second series of medrish Morsels, short but sweet Medrashin designed for the whole family to share for Shabbos dessert. A morsel of medrish for Pasha's Beshalach. Kids, when Moshe first appeared back in Egypt, he didn't go immediately to Paro. He first met with the Zikna Yisrael, The old Chachamim, the leaders of the nation. Now Aaron had been the main leader until now. Aaron was a Navi, and Aaron introduced Moshe, his younger brother, to the Zikne Yisrael. Moshe performed three wonder deeds in front of the Zikanim and in front of the other Yudin. Moshe told them that Hashem, the God of their fathers, has sent him on a mission to redeem them from Golos Mitzrayim. Really? Even after those wonder deeds, the Zikeinim still were skeptical. Because just 30 years ago, there was a person who claimed the exact same thing. But he lied to the Bnei Israel. Many people from Shevet Ephraim didn't know that he was lying. Somehow those Yidin escaped Egypt and traveled to Eretz Canaan. But they were all attacked and massacred by the Polishtim on the road. The Bnei Ephraim never made it. They had followed a false Navi. So the zikanim still don't know. How could they find out if Moshe was the real deal or just another faker? So they went to ask an old Baba named Serach. Serach Bas Osher. She was Osher Ben Yaakov's daughter, one of the 70 original B'nai Yisroel who came down to Mitzrayim with Yaakov Avinu. And the zikanim knew that the secrets of the Geula lied with her. yes. Serach Bas Osher had the tradition, a secret code to know the truth. Serach asked the Zekeinim, Tell me, please, what words does this so-called Savior say as an announcement that the time for the Gula has arrived? Well, he said in the name of Hashem, I have surely paid attention to you, Yidin, and to what's been done to you in Mitzrayim. It's horrible what's been done. As soon as Sarah heard that, she heard the code words, Pakod Pakariti, she smiled widely and said, Well, 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 yes siri, that's him. If that's what he said, Pakod Pakariti, then you can be sure he's the true Redeemer. What did you say his name was? So that's the story how B'nei believed in Moshe. Then, soon after that, the Makos began. And a year later, it was Makos Pokoros. And Paro was allowing, well not allowing, urging all Yidin to leave Mitzrayim, but fast. Uh, one problem, Yosef's bones. When Yosef was still living, he had the Shvatim pledge that they would take his bones up with him out of Mitzrayim. They promised, and each generation after that one had promised, everyone knew about this Shavua. No leaving Mitzrayim without Yosef's bones. But where are Yosef's bones? Yosef has been dead for nearly 140 years. Everyone lost track about where Yosef was buried, or even if he was buried. Moshe is now the leader. Everything has been going according to the plan. The Makos come. Korban Pesach, collecting the treasures of Mitzrayim. It's now early in the morning after Makos Bechoros, and the Mitzrim are anxious. The Yidin are packed up and ready to go. Even the Shechino was felt, and you could see the pillar of cloud just waiting around. So Moshe has to do something. Moshe quickly found Babi Serach. Serach Bas Osher. Perhaps if she knows the Sod HaGu'ula, she will also know where Yosef is buried. Babi Serach, I'm so glad I found you, among the millions of people, and tens of millions of animals, all crowded and standing around waiting to leave. Perhaps you know the whereabouts of Uncle Yosef's bones. Sure, sonny. The Mithrim made Yosef into a mummy, and they put him into a heavy metal coffin and sank him into the, in deep into the Nile River. So it's somewhere at the bottom of the longest river in the world. You'll find it. So Moshe went to the river's edge and picked up a smooth stone. He took out a pocket knife and etched into the stone the words, Alay Shore, meaning, Rise, O ox. Yosef is compared to an ox. I guess that Moshe threw the stone into the river. Maybe he tried to skip it on the surface, like every time it skips, you know, you try to make it skip many, many times. Each time it skipped, Allah sure, lay sure, lay sure. I don't know. But I do know that the Medr says that Moshe made the following announcement. Yosef, Yosef. The time has come that HaKadosh Baruch Hu swore to redeem his children. The Shina is waiting for you. The B'nai Yisrael, and the clouds of glory are waiting for you. If you reveal your whereabouts, fine, we will take you with us. But if you do not appear, behold, we are clean and guiltless from the shvua that you made us make. Just then, bubbles, ripples, and waves started to come to the surface of the river, nearby where Moshe was standing. Moshe saw it. Yosef's coffin came bobbing up to the surface of the river. I imagine it was covered with seaweed and algae. Moshe was strong. Moshe lifted the metal box with Yosef's body inside, single-handedly. I imagine he ran towards everyone and he shouted, I've got it! Let's go! And the Jews left Mitzrayim. So now I have told you a chapter of Yitzias Mitzrayim that not everybody knows. Maybe you're wondering about this story. How does metal float? Says the Medrash, it was easy for Moshe's Bitochon powers to make Yosef's coffin float. We find that even Elisha Hanavi was able to use Bitochon powers to make metal float. And he was only a student of the student of Moshe It's a story called the Floating Axe Head. Well, Elisha Hanavi had a yeshiva for Nevim. Elisha was the Rosh Hashiva. The yeshiva was building a wider place to stay near the Jordan River. Everyone was chopping logs and cutting them into building beams. And as one of the students was felling a beam, the axe head slipped off of his handle and flew into the river. Baruch Hashem, it didn't hit anybody in the head and kill him, like in my upcoming story, Ritzki Shagag, wait for that coming out. But the one that lost it was upset. He cried out and he said, Oh, my master, it was borrowed. I don't have any money to replace that axe head. What will I do? Elisha told him. No problem. Just show me where did it fall? Uh, around, around over there. The man pointed to the water. Alicia proceeded to cut a piece of wood, and Alicia threw the wood into the water where the axe head had sunk. And instead of the wood floating, the wood sank, and the axe head that was metal, made of iron, floated to the top. Ukfa parzala. That's Aramaic. Ukfa parzala. The axe head was bobbing up on the surface of the river like a piece of cork. Go pick it up for yourself, said Elisha. And his Talmud did so. Bitochon is what made Moshe a tzaddik and what made Elisha Hanavi a tzaddik. They were tzaddikim because of their bitachon. Moshe and Elisha relied upon their all-powerful father, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who loves them. And they realized that Hashem wants things to go well for them and He will do for them. When you rely on Hashem to get you out of trouble, you neutralize nature and render it powerless. Nature says that metal sinks. Bitochon says anything is possible. Metal can just as easily float. And kids, you should also have Bitochon. Rely on Hashem and He can get you out of trouble. Kids, you should know that a new book came out in a bookstore near you. It's a book written by Rabbi Moshe Yaakov Edelman, that's me, called Rebbe's Moser Stories on the Parsha. And it's the first series of podcasts put into a book form. Go look at it. It's a blue book, Rebbe's Moser Stories on the Parsha. And then visit our website, com to download some very amazing, epic stories for Moser and enjoyment.